Point of sale intrusion patterns and the steady increase of web application attacks are key areas of focus in Verizon's just released 2014 data breach investigations report. And some of the findings and statistics highlighted in this year's report are not what you might expect. Here, Dave Ostertag, Global Investigation Manager and Senior Analyst for the Investigative Response Unit at Verizon, reviews some of the key findings noted in this year's report and offers a primer of what more we might expect in 2014. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Dave, the 2014 Verizon Data Breach Investigations Report analyzes more than 1,300 data breaches from 95 countries and includes data from 50 organizations. How does this compare with information that's been gathered for the reports in previous years? Well, Tracy, if we look at the 2013 Data Breach Report, the 1,300 breaches this year is double what we had in last year's report. The incidents are 95 countries. The 2013 report had 27 countries included. If we look at the contributors, there's 50 global contributors this year, including Verizon. Last year's report had 18. The year before, 2012, had five. So a dramatic increase in the contributors, in the number of incidents, and in the coverage around the world. So this year's is, is truly a global report. And Dave, how many years of comparative data does Verizon now have to work with in its annual report? This is the seventh report. This year's report contains 10 years worth of data. We've collected data back to 2004. One point that stood out to me in the report is this notion that we need to differentiate the definitions for what constitutes a breach versus an incident. Why does Verizon feel, Dave, that this distinction is important to point out? Verizon feels that making sure that we have a distinction between a security incident and a breach is important. Verizon feels that information security departments should use a risk-based approach to managing security. And we feel that that risk should be the risk of likelihood of data being compromised. So we feel that you know, while, as an example in this year's report, there's 63,000 security incidents, there's 1,300 actual data breaches involved in this year's report. So if we were trying to, to, to manage you know, how we use our tools and focus our tools, I think a more focused approach is, is on those incidents that are likely going to result in data being compromised. So that's the reason we draw the distinction, so that you can more narrowly focus your efforts and your security tools and your programs on those events, those patterns that result in data being compromised as opposed to just a security incident. Not surprising, Dave, POS attacks, web app attacks, espionage, and card skimmers were among some of the top concerns that related to data disclosure in this year's report. Is this different from what we've seen in previous years? Well, Tracy, we see patterns. If we look in, in this year's report and we look at the area that goes back in history over the past 10 years at you know, what types of attacks we see, you know, we see the lines move. You know, we see since POS attacks, you know, 2009 into 2010, we saw a drop in POS attacks, and in 2013, we see an increase uh, in those attacks. Uh, web application attacks, you know, that's one constant. You know, we continue to see those. SQL injection is 15 years old, and it's still strong. Even though we can prevent it and detect it, well, we still see it. Espionage has been there for several years now, and we continue to see a lot of espionage. Um, I, I think if you look at, at some of these statistics on the number of espionage cases, it appears it increases. I, I think that there's some level of, of just better reporting on those rather than you know, a dramatic increase in the number of those incidents. And card skimmers have been around for a long time and they're continued to be a problem. 
you know, as long as, as people can get access to payment cards in certain situations, they're going to use skimmers. Dave, you make a, a good point here about this resurgence, if you will, in POS intrusions. This is something else that was highlighted in the report. So intrusions took a dip in 2012, but then they increased slightly in 2013. But they really didn't come anywhere close to the all-time highs that they reached in 2011. So the number of incidents in 2013 were actually lower than what they were two years earlier. But have the losses linked to these breaches increased? Particularly when we, we look at POS intrusions and we look at the dip from 2010, 2011, and 12 compared to 13, we see an increase in the number of those breaches in 2013. A couple of reasons for that is the use of ram scraper malware. Um, while we saw ram scrapers several years ago, those took a dip too around the same period of time. Now there's a resurgence. You know, we, we see the use of ramp skippers in most of these large retail breaches that came back in 2013. When we look at the losses in those though, we're pretty lucky. You know, the, the payment card industry and consumers are pretty lucky in that um, several of these breaches were, were found quickly and, and action was taken to identify the accounts involved in those breaches. And, and the issuing banks were able to shut those accounts down, reissue, you know, monitor transactions, do those things that really um, reduce the fraud losses in comparison to the number of accounts that were compromised. So while there was a resurgence in the, the cards, uh, in, in the breaches involving cards, um, we don't necessarily see a like increase in the fraud uh, related to those breaches. And so, Dave, looking out to 2014, of course, you know, here we are now in April already, so you probably have a little bit of a grasp on what we might expect to see at the end of, of 2014. Do you think that we'll see a significant uptick in the number of POS intrusion incidents and or breaches? Looking at the number of cases that, that we get and our competitors are getting in, in the area of POS intrusions, I think we're going to continue to see for a while an uptick in, in the number of these breaches. Uh, they're continuing strong. We're continuously seeing new merchants that are being compromised and identified. So I think that in the short term anyway, you know, continuing into the rest of 2013, I don't see a reduction in the number of POS cases that are involved. And typically in these cases too, as we work with law enforcement and we work with the other forensic firms that are investigating these, we find indicators of compromise and we find other pieces of intelligence that that allows us to identify other victims earlier. So you may see any, simply an increase in the number of these cases being reported because we're better at identifying the victims, notifying the victims, and, and beginning the investigations um, sooner. So Dave, what challenges would you say that the industry still faces where the detection of some of these breaches and card compromises are concerned? Tracy, when we look at detecting POS breaches, card compromises, things like that, there's a few issues that affect the ability to detect them. Uh, number one is just the nature of the malware itself. Uh, in most of these cases, or almost all of them, the malware is customized to the particular merchant. A lot of times it's simple changes involved in modifying the malware, but whenever we make any change, whenever we change any piece of that malware, the signature of that malware changes. The traditional tools that we've used to identify this malware you know, heuristic-based or signature-based um, antivirus and detection systems simply won't work when, when the malware is changed from merchant to merchant. So uh, 
a hash value on a piece of malware from the last merchant, merchant won't necessarily work on, on a new merchant. So we've got to use other detection tools. Dave, you noted earlier that card issuers are doing a good job of tracing some of these uh, POS attacks back to a common point of compromise. And oftentimes these intrusions and breaches are detected quite quickly. On average, how long does it typically take to detect an intrusion? Tracing on average, um, it takes typically months to detect the POS intrusion. Particularly in some of the, the larger cases, they're found through fraud analysis done by issuing banks and the card brands. The monthly statements go out for the consumer to look at the monthly statement to identify fraudulent transactions, to report them, and then the issuing banks do analysis to identify the common points of purchase. So that's the, in, in POS intrusions, that's typically the most prevalent method of detection. Simply by the nature of the different pieces involved in, in, in doing those, those fraud analysis detections, it takes months to identify these. So Dave, what are some of the recommended controls that the report notes this year? I know that restricted third-party remote access and, of course, keeping antivirus software up-to-date were two areas that were noted, which sound pretty basic. What seems to be the vulnerability or some of the lacking security practices that are the most concerning when it comes to point-of-sale intrusions? Tracy, some of the common things that we're seeing in, in the large payment card data breaches are pretty consistent across the different merchants that we're investigating. One commonality is a lack of two-factor authentication at the perimeter of some of these merchants' networks. A simple username and password to gain access to the network. Not keeping antivirus software up to date is another problem. A lack of consistent whitelisting um, on point-of-sale systems and servers and file integrity monitoring for any changes or additions to those systems. Some of these are pretty basic security practices, but we're seeing weaknesses and vulnerabilities there. It's a wake-up for the retail industry, for those merchants to, to take a look at their networks, to take a, a little bit closer, up-to-date look at their networks, to make sure that all of the systems that they rely on for detection and prevention are configured properly and, and working at maximum efficiency. Another area that I found interesting in the report this year is some of the breakdowns for attacks related to industry. So, for instance, POS intrusions, according to the report, were more damaging and common within the accommodation sector than they were the retail sector. And that was surprising to me. The fact, however, that web app attacks, card skimming, and DDoS attacks were most frequent incidents targeting the financial sector was not that surprising. What incident patterns stood out to you, Dave, relative to industry or sector? I think if we look at the manufacturing industry, with the espionage being involved in manufacturing, I think in particular when we look at espionage, one thing I think that has not been identified as clearly as it should be is, well, what constitutes espionage? What type of data is involved? You know, traditionally we think of intellectual property, of processes, of design, research and development, things like that when we think of espionage. But in fact, when we looked at almost half of those cases, it involves a business deal as opposed to intellectual property, you know, a merger or acquisition, a real estate deal, opening an office in, in a new new area or a new country, um, uh, requesting bids for purchases or for services. So all of those things are, are often the target of these espionage type of attacks. So when we look at manufacturing and a lot of businesses in general, and we, we think about these espionage attacks, you know, think beyond just intellectual property. Another area that we see an increase in you know, as we 
We see that cycle during 2010, 11, and 12 of moving away from point of sale of taxes, the increased theft of personal identifying information and customer information. If we look at the reasoning behind that, some of the Eastern European organized crime groups have access to high-value bank accounts, you know, uh, home equities-based accounts, securities-based accounts, that the, you know, they couldn't get access to the funds because of second-level authentication questions. You know, those questions about your lifestyle as opposed to, you know, more traditional mother's maiden name and social security number. But they found that if they went after business customer records, you know, for businesses such as car dealers and healthcare providers, that they were able to match that information up to these high-value accounts and access the funds in them. So this sort of changes because of the data, because of the fraud use of the data, has changed some of the patterns. Going back to look at, at some of the types of, of attacks that were most damaging, you know, Dave, we talk quite a bit about POS intrusions and the intrusions that ultimately lead to breaches, but some of these web application attacks are actually increasing at a greater rate. Are we not giving web app attacks enough attention? Tracy, when we look at web app attacks and we see that they're increasing at a greater rate, I think that the reason for that goes back to you know, interviews that I've done with some of the organized crime groups as far as, you know, why do you do that? Why do you use a certain methodology than another? And the answer consistently is because it works. Their answer is we're businessmen. I want to use the least amount of resources to get the greatest amount of benefit. Web attacks are easy. If we have SQL injection vulnerabilities or cross-site scripting vulnerabilities you know, on our web-facing applications, that's easy pickings. Easy pickings to go in and gain admin-level access to those systems. So I think the simple answer of why we're seeing you know, a greater rate of web app attacks is because it's an easy way to get access to a company. Now, on the other hand, when we look at information security professionals and looking at that increased rate of web app attacks, SQL injection across that scripting are vulnerabilities that are fairly easy to prevent. Our hope is that people use the data breach report and look at that at that statistic and, and use that to, to you know wake some people up and, and pay attention to your development uh, code writing security practices and you know, start using penetration testing on a regular basis on your, your web applications to make sure that you're not vulnerable and that if you are, that you find it as early as possible and correct them. And so when it comes to some of these web application security measures, what are some of Verizon's recommended controls? The recommended controls are, are practice good security at a code level. You know, practice you know, training your developers in OWASP techniques so that they build security into the application as they write it. Make sure that your change program includes security and, and the same level of review and security you know, as you change those web applications as you do when you first develop them. Uh, make sure that you practice you know, vulnerability scanning and penetration testing. And don't just rely on vulnerability scanning. You know, the bad guys have vendors too, and as they develop their exploits, uh, they go to those outside vendors, and so one of the last vendors that they use is the particular application that you've developed an exploit for, practicing your exploit against that application when commercially available uh, vulnerability scanners have been used on that application and your exploit is successful, you know that if the company only uses commercially available application vulnerability scanners, you're going to successfully infiltrate that application. So that's where penetration testing comes in. Go beyond just simple 
commercial scanning products and, and practice penetration testing also. And then Dave, before we close, what final thoughts about the report generally would you like to share with our audience? Tracy, I think that in, in closing, what we see, you know, overall, when we look at the 10 years worth of data, and 95 different countries involved and, and a variety of different industries involved here, the one thing that stands out that you know, anymore, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, it doesn't matter what region of the world you're in, if you have a presence on the internet, you are a target and people in your industry are a victim. Intrusions and data breaches are no longer just something involved in merchants that accept payment cards. It crosses all industries, it crosses all international boundaries. So if you have an internet presence, you really need to focus on your information security. Dave, I'd like to thank you again for your time this morning. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Dave Ostertag of Verizon. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.